Yo, yo, what's up, legends? Hope everyone's good, and welcome to another episode of Optimize Your Body podcast. So I'm going to be here doing another solo episode today, but I've got some incredible guests lined up in the pipeline. Just interviewed my good friend, Sean McKimroy again, had him back on. You should go and check out that episode if you haven't already. It's episode 18. Had him on at the back end of last year. Really good friend of mine. Uh, he's a plethora of knowledge, especially when it comes to strength training, mechanics with lifting weights, uh, but also just life experience and wisdom in general. And we had a great, you know, it was awesome. And what I'm going to be doing more of now, ladies and gents, is doing in-person podcasts. Uh, found a few studios around Sydney and had a good chat with him last week, recorded a podcast, dope. We went deep on some, I guess, personal stuff as well. And lots of different things other than fitness, but yeah, some really good gold in there. So stay tuned for that one. That should be live, you know, in a week or two. Um, and yeah, also I've got a relationship psychologist. I'm really fascinated uh, when it comes to relationships, ladies and gents, and relationship psychology. And let's be honest, I don't know about you, but I find, you know, working on your relationship with the other half, for example, is extremely challenging. It's not easy, right? I've been in a relationship for, well, pretty much coming up to bang on a year now. Well, I met Janini bang on a year ago, but we've been in a relationship probably for about nine months officially, and it's going extremely well. But, you know, there's always challenges, right? And it's one of those things where I, when it comes to like training and getting in shape, you know, building the body for me has not been easy, of course. However, it is easy for me now, and I'm in control of that. I'm in full control of that. And also, you know, building the business, anything else, I feel like you have more control. But when it comes to a relationship, you know, it's completely different, right? Because you haven't got full control. It's also down to the other person. And the relationship really doesn't work unless you're both putting in the effort, right? If one person's putting in more effort than the other, it's never going to be sustainable. So anyway, I'm really fascinated on just psychology and neuroscience in general. So yeah, stay tuned for some awesome episodes, ladies and gents, some absolute fire coming your way. It's just going to get better and better, this podcast. And I just wanted to quickly, before we get into it, I wanted to take some time just to thank everyone listening to the audience. And I really appreciate each and every one of you really helping the podcast grow. And more importantly, really helping us reach more people and change more lives. You know, I know from so many of you have reached out and I've had a, a chat with, it's literally changed your life just tuning into this content over the years. Um, but hats off to you because, you know, information ain't shit without implementation. As I always say, you know, if you can implement one thing or have an awareness moment uh, from one point I've mentioned on a podcast, podcast or a guest has mentioned, it can literally be life-changing. But anyway, um, if you're on Instagram, right, really um, appreciate it. If you could just literally, if you enjoy this episode anyway, and there's something you found valuable, just simply tag me. Just take a screenshot of the episode, tag me on Instagram at Martin Silva Fitness, and just give it a share on your story. I'd love to see where you're at in the world as well, because half of my audience is in America, primarily California, but all over America, 50% of listeners, about 30% are in uh, Australia, sorry, are in Sydney, uh, New South Wales and Sydney. And then the other 20% are like the rest of the world. So I'd love to see where you're at in the world. And I'd really like to connect with you as well on a personal level. Um, or what you can do, what I'm going to do today anyway, ladies and gents, I'm going to get stuck into it. I won't keep you for too much longer. Um, I'm going to be answering some more questions that I've had from the audience. And what you can do, most of my questions I get via Instagram. Again, I 
spend most of my time and put most of my best content out, I guess, on Instagram. I'm also on TikTok as well now, which is also at Martin Silver Fitness. I know most of you are on TikTok nowadays. Go check me out on there. Um, but anyway, basically, just if you have any questions that you want to ask, you know, any any questions, I try to answer. Like, obviously, I can't answer them all. But what I'll do is if I don't answer it on the next episode, I do eventually answer most questions, providing it's not, you know, I'm going to be, be honest with you. If it's a stupid question, <laughs> right, which is just doesn't make any sense, obviously, I, I can't answer it. And I'll answer it to you directly in the DMs if that's the case. But most questions are really, really good. So just drop me an email. Um, what I'd love to drop me a DM ideally on Instagram at Martin Civil Fitness, or just send me an email at um, my email address is admin at optimizeyourbody.com. Optimize is spelt with an S E on the end, right? Not Z E for you Americans. I know Americans spell it spell it Z E. It's S E on the end. So admin at optimizeyourbody.com. I'll leave my email address anyway in the show notes. But just if you have any questions. Firstly, I'd love you to just drop me a message and let me know what your biggest struggle is. I'm always looking to refine my content and put better content out there for people people just like you. You know, if you're listening to this podcast, you're growth-minded, you want to improve. And I love really speaking to people like you. So I'd love to um, just hear what you struggle with the most when it comes to getting in shape, health, weight loss, or anything at all along those lines. Just drop me an email or a DM um, and or any questions you have that you'd like me to answer on the podcast and go into depth. Because, you know, if you send me a message on email, yeah, great, I can send you an email back or a DM. Um, but if I can answer it on the podcast, I can give context, I can go deeper, I can give you different examples of clients, et cetera. And obviously we can reach more people and uh, your question can then help thousands of people. So yeah, just drop me an email or a DM with any questions you have or with anything you're struggling with. And um, yeah, let's get stuck in there, right? So by the way, I want to shout out someone as well who I'm going to be getting on the uh, podcast uh, a week or in a week or two's time. So it'll be live in a few weeks. Um, his name is on Instagram, Attachment Adam. He's a relationship psychologist and his content is absolute gold. I listen to a lot of people now when it comes to relationship experts and all that kind of stuff. Um, but this guy's content is gold and the, 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 I'm going to, I mean, the episode is going to be just literally incredible. Um, but go and check him out at attachment. Adam, his Instagram handle is, um, he's got some golden content. So shout out to Adam looking forward to interviewing him anyway, let's get stuck in. So I've got loads of questions I had and I'm going to answer three of them today. I think, yeah, three questions, right? So the first one I had is. Martin, I've hit a plateau with my muscle gain. I've been lifting consistently for two years, lifting weights, and my body doesn't seem to be responding much. I lift four times per week, and I do a push-pull split. Any tips? Excuse me, I had the sniffles there. Don't want to be putting you off and, and sniffing into the mic. Anyway, um, yes, I have some tips. And this is going to be a really valuable question for everyone else as well. So what I'm going to cover here is really the most effective way to build muscle, right? Um, and the fastest way to build muscle. Now, in the context of this person, to answer your question, his name is also Adam. Um, if you've been lifting for two years and your body stopped responding, there's going to be several factors which, be, which could be coming into play here. First and foremost, now I'm going to use a client example here, right? So I had a client reach out to me recently, and this is a woman. Basically, she'd been lifting for a year consistently, and she'd, her body had stopped responding, not only with build a muscle, uh, but also with performance in the gym. She was struggling to break through uh, her strength, well, to hit her strength goals and actually get stronger on her main lifts, on her deadlifts primarily, but also with her overhead shoulder press and squat. 
Um, and she stopped losing fat and stopped building muscle. So, and she, the reason I want to use this client um, as an example, she was actually also doing a four-day week push pill split. So just for the audience, what that means is essentially um, this person is doing uh, two push sessions. Uh, sorry, I can't get my words out. Two push sessions where they're doing, um, for example, it's full body, right? So what they're doing is, uh, sorry, they're doing an upper body push. They're doing a lower body push session. And then they're doing a... Uh, an upper body pull, and then a lower body pull session, right? So essentially what that means is two leg sessions and two uppers, right? So one push session, I can't get my words out, push session for upper body uh, would be, for example, like chest press, overhead shoulder press, and then, you know, a tricep exercise. One for legs could be, you know, leg press, leg extensions, and then some form of split squat. So just to give you an example, um, a pull session then for legs could be, you know, a deadlift, um, leg curls, you know, it could be a, a, um, a hip extension uh, movement, you know, um, and then, yeah, those kind of things. And then a pull session would be pulling movements such as, you know, pull-ups, it could be cable rows, lat pull-downs, bent over rows, those kind of things, just to give you some context. And yeah, my client was doing the same thing. So what you want to look at is obviously there's always going to be context. The answer is always going to be depends. When it comes to build a muscle, if you've been lifted, you're going to get newbie gains granted, right? Nothing's going to beat newbie gains when you first start lifting for that first three to six months. You're never going to get gains like it. But when it comes to someone who's been lifting for two years or my client for a year, what you're going to look at is, you know, why do you think your body stopped responding? The main things which come into play here and the most effective way to like break through a plateau or continue to build muscle is always going to be, first of all, the body thrives off novelty. Okay. So if you, it depends on how long you'd be doing a push-pull split for and if you're following a proper structured personalized training program, which ideally has been designed by a professional. Because if you're just following like, you know, you might get some results from following a random, again, if you, when you first start out, you're going to get results by anything you do. You can look at a dumbbell and start building muscle. Um, but you, if you're following like a program that you've got off on someone online or online, great, but it needs to be personalized and structured to exactly, you know, your body, because everyone's body resp responds differently to a different rep range, et cetera. But also it needs to be structured in a way where, you know, the each training phase is, going to be lasting for, you know, three, four, five, maybe even six weeks. All my clients are different. See, some clients, every three to four weeks, they hit their peak on that training phase. Other clients, it might take longer. Uh, some It's a behavioral thing as well. Some clients might get bored after doing the same training phase for longer than three, four weeks max. So we have to shake it up every three weeks because the behavioral stuff comes in it as, uh, into it as well. Because it's one thing showing up, right? And we always say, you know, to build muscle and get results, show up. Yes, consistency is always number one. But it's not just that. When you're showing up, anyone can show up, right? I could show up and do this podcast now, not have all the sound quality checked, not have everything lined up properly, have my notes prepared, have all the questions and everything written down, or have all the questions from my guest, having done a sound check, having prepared everything with the guest and all those kind of things. And I could just show up and do a shit podcast. And the same thing goes for you. You can show up in the gym and not do an effective session, which is going to be uh, effective for building muscle and maximizing results. So what you got to look at is number one, um, novelty, throwing a curveball, right? So it's one thing shocking the system, as people say, but it's another thing 
uh, doing what's going to work for your body. So let's just say, for example, with this client, and this is a similar example to the person who asked this question, she'd been doing a push-pull split pretty much for a year, four days a week consistently, right? So it wasn't due to lack of not showing up. Uh, what we done then is I looked at what she'd been doing, and she had, to be fair, she had been following a program she had off uh, uh, someone else, and she'd been following that for a year, and it was it was switched up. Every program was like 12 weeks. Each training phase with it was every four weeks. So everything was kind of structured. What I noticed is it wasn't personalized and it wasn't there wasn't enough thought put into it, essentially. And what we did straight away is like, right, okay, let's let's try and hit the body parts more frequently. So what we've done straight away, everyone knows here for most people, I'm a big proponent of uh, full body training. I would say for 80 to 90% of people, you're going to benefit more from doing full body workouts. So for example, there's a few ways you can structure this if you're showing up in the gym four times per week. What I've done with this specific client is I had her doing four, uh, sorry, going from four push-pull split sessions where she was hitting every body part twice in a week because she was doing two uppers and two lowers, right? Two legs, two uppers. She was hitting every body part twice in a week to doing um, three full body sessions and then one session where we were targeting her weak body parts. What I notice is, with most people, they have an underdeveloped posterior chain. In other words, uh, upper back muscles, you know, glutes, hamstring, tie especially. In other words, where the top of the hamstring, where it connects to the glutes um, and core as well. So what we did is we spent one session doing uh, correctional stuff where we were doing a lower intensity, but we were targeting that posterior chain. And then we were doing three full body workouts per week. Now, with full body, um, the key thing is to do like a moderate intensity. So rather than like her blasting, she was doing quite intense sessions with the push-pull stuff, and she was doing a lot of volume per session and per body part. So what we've done is we've scaled back the intensity and the volume. So we had her doing essentially one exercise um, per body part in the full body sessions. So, for example, it could look like on the first session, we had her doing a squat for legs and she wanted to really focus. So it really depends on what body parts are lagging and what you want to focus on the most as well in terms of some people want to develop certain body parts more than others. For example, a lot of females want to, they want glutes, right? They want glutes like my girlfriend, Janini. I can't tell you the amount of people that have matched me saying, how the hell does she get glutes like that? Uh, number one, she's Brazilian. She's got killer genetics. But number two, she's been consistent for years and she consistently does six sessions per week and she's an absolute beast. But anyway, getting back on track, uh, this particular client wanted to develop her glutes and legs more. So what we did is we normally did uh, two exercises for legs. So one of her sessions looked like this, right? Um, we, when we had her doing um, on one phase, for example, we had her doing like the eight to 10 rep range and slowing down her reps. We had her doing a bar on one session would look like this, right? A barbell squat, you know, with a bar on her back squats, eight to 10 reps, four sets or three or four sets we had to do in followed by a Romanian deadlift then three sets of six to eight reps slow so that's the two exercises for legs done then we had to do in a band assisted pull-ups so doing pull-ups using the band then we had to do in an incline dumbbell chest press um I don't know why women don't train chest that was another thing she wasn't doing much for chest I don't know why that is uh, women tend to skip chest. They think they're going to get pecs. It doesn't work like that. It's just going to develop and actually make your boobs firmer because you develop the muscles behind there and it just develops overall strength. So stop skipping chest on that note. Then we had her doing a, a shoulder exercise. So uh, a seated, we had her doing a sitting Z press. I'm a big fan of a Z press, sitting on the floor, pressing the barbell overhead while sitting upright. 
check out my uh, YouTube and type in Z Press. Just type in Z Press online. If you're not doing a Z Press, you're missing out on some serious gains and you're going to drastically improve your posture. And then we had her doing um, literally, what was it then? We had her doing some lateral raises as well for shoulders because shoulders is quite a big muscle group. And so I actually hit the whole area. Sometimes you have to add more than one exercise for shoulders. Uh, then I had her doing core then. I had her doing, um, um, what did I have her doing for core in this particular phase? I had her doing an active plank. Again, type in, just type, check it, check out my YouTube anyway. YouTube's going to be in the show notes. Um, I've got all these exercises and all the tutorials on my YouTube, but an active plank is an exercise no one seems to know. And it is one of the most, it's in my top, I would say definitely top five exercises for developing your abs and it's just body weight, but it's absolutely brutal. Um, and I had to do in um, six to 10 reps, literally. If you can do any more than 10 reps on an active plank, you're not doing it right. And that was her first session. That would take her uh, 45 and mobility as well. I'm always getting my clients doing 10 to 15 mobility, um, minutes of mobility at the start. So including uh, 15 minutes mobility, I think the session was taking like 50 minutes maximum. Um, and that's just an example of one of the workouts. We had to do in three full body sessions like that. The other two full bodies then would be the same kind of rhythm, but just different exercises, all free weights. And then, like I said, that fourth session was correctional. Bang, within four weeks, she had better results than she'd had, you know, within the last year. Okay, so what you got to look at is, you know, she's hitting her body parts then as well. By the way, we did have her isolating her arms as well and doing some arm, arm sessions on the um, other full body sessions. So she was doing like a bicep and tricep exercise um, on both of the other full body sessions, actually. So she's hitting every body part then three times in a week because she's hitting the whole body three times. And then actually she's hitting some body parts. She's hitting like back and glutes four times in a week. But the smart piece here is she wasn't going super intense and smashing. She wasn't going as much volume per session, but she was spreading that volume out over the week strategically. In other words, hitting the body parts three times instead of twice when she was doing the push-pull with less volume per session. But because she was sending that muscle building signal more often and by taking the intensity down to more of a moderate intensity, don't get me wrong, on some of the phases – when we had her doing like a high intensity phase where it was like high reps and supersets, that was more intense. But for the most part, she was doing moderate intensity um, more frequently on the body parts, right? So the same amount of workouts, same amount of time in the week, but hitting the body parts more frequently and just doing a structured program with a proper coach as well to guide her on top of some of the things we tweak with nutrition and everything else uh, and looking at stress as well um, and sleep, those kind of things which make a massive difference to recovery and results, of course. Um, she had game-changing um, results. So just to kind of summarize that, you know, that's the number one thing I would look at is your training program. Uh, then I would look at what you're doing with your nutrition. If you've plateaued, are you having enough calories, right? It's a simple thing. Are you actually fueling your body properly? Are you having um, like the top end amount of protein consistently? You know, in other words, I would say someone in this case has been lifting for two years, I would say to aim for a bare minimum of, um, say, a gram per pound of body weight. Ideally, I'd say 1.2 grams of protein per pound of your body weight, right? So if you weigh 200 pounds like me, you want to be hitting at least, you know, 250 grams of protein, right? A day, right? Does that make sense? So that's what you want to be shooting for. And you want to look at, you know, what are you doing with nutrition? Are you having enough calories to actually make gains? Because a big problem I see with some of my best clients who sign up 
is they've been holding back for years on increasing calories. And I know if you're listening to this, you're probably thinking, oh, increased calories, I'm going to get fat, right? And that's the biggest fear which holds so many people back is that barrier. And I guess not having the knowledge as well and having the, the, the confidence to increase your calories strategically and do it in a way as well where, you know, calorie cycling can help as well in terms of building muscle and also staying lean or even losing a bit of fat, you know, talking about throwing a curveball in nutrition is, yes, increasing calories, having adequate protein. And obviously, I always shine a light on what kind of fats my clients ha- is having as well from, from certain foods, which really boost testosterone levels and stuff like that. All these things really make a big difference, ladies and gents. And that's why, you know, knowing what you're doing comes in really, really handy or having some sort of guidance. But what I was going to say then, it was, I was going to say something on nutrition. Yeah, throwing a curveball is calorie cycling as well. So I had this particular client having um, higher carbs and really high protein. In fact, she was having more towards, no, she was having about what I said, about 1.25 grams of protein per pound of body weight. I'm saying in pounds because most of you are American and this this particular client was American as well. Um, she, she was doing that. She was having one gram of protein per pound of body weight. We bumped her up to 1.25, 1.25, sorry, 1.25 grams of protein per pound of body weight. And we had her calorie cycling a little bit as well, where she was having more protein um, and carbs on those um, lifting days on the three full body sessions because they were a bit more intense than the correctional one. And then we had her uh, having lower calorie days then on her rest days. Uh, so she was in a deficit some days and another day she was in a surplus or maintenance. And what that does is that th- you know, that really shocks the metabolism and it really boosts your metabolism, not to mention it's really good psychologically looking forward to those higher calorie days. And what I had this particular client doing as well, she had a, so- a really good social life to be fair as well. And she liked to enjoy herself on the weekends. Didn't really drink much, but she used to like to go out and eat with friends and her partner. So what we did is we would have a bank up calories and have a few days, like three days um, in the week where she would, uh, sorry, two days in the week and one day on the weekend where she would have slightly lower calories. And then she had one day then on the weekend where she would have super high calories and just let her hair down and enjoy herself. Um, so that worked really well, but it really worked well for results and it works well psychologically. Um, and it was really interesting how fast her body responded. So they're the main things I would say when it comes to building muscle, just in general, number one, you got to focus on technique and are you actually showing up in the gym and doing it properly? So what's the intention in your workout? A lot of people, they go in, they don't have an intention. I always set clear intentions and goals for my clients on any given training phase. So for example, if we're doing a low rep, heavy lifting phase, right, your goal is to hit X on, the, you know, lift this much weight by the end of the four weeks on squats, deadlifts. Don't get me wrong. We won't always be... Um, specific with numbers on weight, but it's like, right, I want to make sure that you're adding, you know, at least five to 10% um, more weights to these lifts. You know what I mean? Uh, each week or to pretty much every exercise. So it's very black and white and you're doing that. And that's why journaling your workouts and tracking your workouts. Obviously, I use the coaching app with the clients, which makes things really straightforward uh, and tracks everything. So there's nowhere to hide. So we leave nothing to chance. So they just know exactly how many reps they're doing, how much volume they're doing as well. Everything's calculated and how much weight they lifted the session before. So, you know, it's just black and white then and making progress. So yeah, have an intention and making sure you're uh, getting stronger each workout and adding volume, progressively overloading your body is key. Technique as well, making sure technique's on points. You know, obviously, if you've got sloppy technique, you don't need a rocket scientist to tell you, you know, you're not going to maximize results. 
Um, but then it's going to come down to fine tuning your training program and actually having something proper to follow uh, and making sure that, you know, because what you got to look at is what you haven't been doing. So for example, people always ask me, what's the best rep range for building muscle? And it's like, well, the answer is it depends. It's going to be, for the most part, whatever rep range you haven't been doing, right? A lot of people, for some reason, they they only they think, and research does show, for example, certain research shows that doing the 8 to 12 rep range is going to build more muscle. Um, that's not the case because every, and, and re- new research now shows that every rep range has value in terms of muscle gain. So doing, you know, lower rep range, let's say one to six reps, maximal strength type training, that's, that's going to build muscle in a different way. Uh, it's called myofibril hypertrophy. And then when you do eight to 12 reps, you know, that's going to be sarcoplasmic hypertrophy. So there's just different ways of building muscle. And then another form of building muscle then is going to be the higher rep range, anywhere between 12 to 25 rep, uh, reps. That's also going to build muscle in a different way. So whatever rep range you haven't been doing, if you've been neglecting a certain rep range and a certain training stimulus, uh, such as strength training or hypertrophy or you know pump adaptation type training where you're doing higher reps and getting more of a pump, then the, the other rep range is going to give you better results. It's, it's as simple as that, really. Um, and a little, a few knowledge bombs and tips I wanted to drop on muscle building as well for anyone listening. You know, when it comes to fat loss, people always think, you know, I'm overweight. And yeah, you might be overweight, right? Or I'm carrying too much fat. Yeah, you might be carrying too much fat. But if you look at it this way, right? I shared this with my clients recently. If I ask you now, what's the biggest organ in the body, right? I know what you're thinking, right? What's the biggest organ in the body? Yeah, I know exactly what you're thinking because I thought the same thing. You're thinking skin, right? No, it's not skin. So skin on average takes up around about 16% of the body in terms of the mass as an organ. Muscle takes up give or take around about, or skeletal muscle takes up 40%. So by a long shot, the biggest organ in the body is skeletal muscle, right? Muscle is known as a longevity organ for a reason. People who have more lean mass on their body, lean muscle tissue, and people who have good levels of strength, especially as you age, you have to retain muscle and build muscle is even more important as you age. Um, and those people tend to live the longest. Um, not only is it known as a longevity organ because of strength, but also for metabolic health, which we all know is the most important thing uh, for longevity, metabolic health. In other words, you know, what, what you're putting in your body, how is your metabolism utilizing and assimilating those calories? Um, how much fat are you carrying around your on your body, but especially around your internal organs, uh, around the midsection mainly, around your stomach, because that's the worst place to store body fat, and that's the most dangerous place to store body fat, um, because that is essentially visceral fat covering your internal organs. So building muscle, people are under-muscled. So they're not overweight, they're under-muscled, okay? So focus on that. Focus on building muscle, right? I want to hammer that home. But their main tips when it comes to building muscle, but obviously goes without saying, getting good quality sleep is going to be number one. Um, you know, having seven to nine hours of good quality sleep um, is going to be key, right? For recovery, building muscle, and essentially getting the results that you want, right? Otherwise, you can kiss it goodbye. Essentially, your body's just not going to, your body can only handle a certain amount of stress. And they're the two big rocks, which is why I was saying, you know, are you doing either A, too much intensity in the gym? Or B, are you not, you know, showing up with intention in the gym and strategically adding more volume each workout, right? And having, 
having it tracked, right? It gets to a point, ladies and gents, where if you're just doing freestyle workouts and guessing, you know, you're always going to come undone. But the biggest piece here is obviously training, nutrition, sleep, and, and stress. How much stress can your body take? Are you, you know, pushing too hard in the gym when you've got too much stress coming into your bathtub because that bathtub will overflow? The other big one then is obviously nutrition, right? You do have to dial things in with what you're doing with nutrition um, when it gets to a certain point to actually get your body to respond. And there's so many different methods. But again, what I what I personally implement with clients really depends on the individual on where they're at. You know, because I just want to get maximum results. Um, I always think, right, how can I get this person maximum results for the minimum amount of time and effort, right? Especially when it comes to nutrition. It doesn't mean you don't want to put effort in in the gym. People have got to put effort in. That's part of the process. And that's what builds your character. And, you know, that's the important piece. But ultimately, how can I get this person maximum results for the minimum amount of time and, and messing around, essentially? So anyway, that was... Answering that question, like a long-winded version, but I wanted to drop some knowledge bombs there as well. What I might do, ladies and gents, I might just answer one more question and wrap it up. So I'd rather answer them uh, properly and give depth and context than rush through them. So which one shall I answer here now? Um, okay, I think this one will be the best one. This one will be pissed off if I don't answer it because I did say I would on the next episode. So this woman's name is Sandra. I'm a 41-year-old woman, and I've never had any issues with weight loss. Over the past few years, however, I've been gaining fat year on year. To be precise, I've been gaining around about three to five pounds of fat each year over the last three years. I'm not in perimenopause. I've had everything checked. I've had my bloods done, and they seem to be okay. Um, so two weeks ago, I started fasting, and my weight still isn't shifting. I've been eating one to two meals per day. I struggle just to have one meal though. So I recently increased it to two. I eat healthy and nothing has changed with diet. I lift weights twice per week consistently and go for a run one to two times. I average 8K steps per day. Any suggestions? So this is a fantastic question because um, to be honest, the average, and, and I, again, I always want to, I, I, where I can, I'll either give examples of specific clients or just examples with all the hundreds of people I've coached over the last 16 years, 15 years. Um, you know, the average age of my clients is between the age of 30 and 50 and 70% of my clients are female. And I've actually helped lots of clients with, uh, who are in perimenopause or in the midst of menopause. And also just, like I say, most of my clients are over the age of 30. So the average person who reaches out is roughly around about the same age as Sandra, who's 41. Excuse me, I think I got a little bit of a cold coming here with this uh, cold weather kicking in in Sydney. So, what I would say first and foremost, when it comes to weight loss and fat loss, um, you know, especially for a woman, the body does change a lot more drastically than a man's body when a woman generally gets to around about thirty-five, uh, and then beyond that, obviously into their forties when you know perimenopause and many kick, uh, menopause kicks in. But obviously, it's not relevant for this woman because she's not at that stage yet. However, um, what does happen is, you know, sometimes subtle changes. What I've what I've noticed is females who say this to me and they say, you know, I think it's just my body. I'm getting older and everything. And yes, that's playing a huge part. But a lot of the times, subtle things have changed, which they haven't paid attention to, whether that be uh, behaviors, eating habits, potentially drinking, or simply not moving as much, 
It could be sleep has been impacted, um, and that could be related to hormones as well. But these things they haven't paid attention to, and when we strip things back, there's things that we've tweaked which have made a big difference, which they actually were in control of, but they didn't realize they were in control of them because they told themselves the story of, it's just my age. When Don't get me wrong, Sandra, If you, I know you're going to be listening. I'm not saying, <laughs> listen to what I'm saying. Let me have context here. Um, I know that is playing a huge part, my friend. However, there's things that you need to shine a light on. So to answer the question, excuse me, um, to answer the question, I would say, let's go to what you've been doing recently, right? And that's fasting. Now, with fasting, you know, I've done a whole episode on this and I talk about this quite a lot. Um, again, I'm going to be upfront with you, Sandra. Fasting is not the best idea. In fact, um, that's going to be counterproductive to what we want to achieve here. Because by fasting, what you're doing is you're adding an extra stress onto the body. Um, and what you're going to look at is, do you think you can sustain eating one to two meals a day for the rest of your life? Um, also, I can guarantee you there's going to be things which need to be changed in terms of your macronutrients, in other words, protein, fats, and carbs, mainly protein, how much you're having, food quality, and also just the overall amount of calories you're eating on a day-to-day -day basis to actually lose fat, period. So with fasting, you know, because what's happening here as well with weight loss, one of the reasons why you know, one of the reasons that could be the reason why you're not losing weight and why it stopped over the last few years, and this is for anyone listening as well, especially for a female who's, say, over the age of 35, is the body does change. Hormonally, your body changes. Um, you know, I'm not going to go into detail about certain hormones, but there's loads of research to show that as cortisol levels increase, so if you've had more stress coming in or if your hormone profile has been changing, um, then you can have higher levels of cortisol, uh, which is obviously a very important hormone. It's one of the main stress hormones. It's not all bad. It's good as well. You need cortisol. You know, that's what gives you drive, you know, in the mornings when you wake up. It's what gets you going. It gives you that oomph in the mornings uh, to actually get shit done and get moving. But also there's a, a loads of research to show, especially with females, a huge correlation between higher cortisol levels and higher um, body fat percentages and fat storage around the midsection, particularly. So that would play a huge part in terms of like hormones, especially cortisol and fat gain with the, the things that have been going on there. Um, but what you have got to look at as well, again, it goes back to what I was saying previously is you say you eat a healthy diet right now. Again, this is not a shot at you, Sandra, um, but this is what I see time and time again with some clients that I sign up and they say they're eating healthy. And when we shine a light on things, um, they're actually not, they might be eating, you know, primarily whole foods in some cases, but they're not eating, they're not nourishing their body. They're not optimizing things with their nutrition and the type of macronutrients and protein intake and stuff. And then what you find then is they're just not maximizing results. So what you've got to look at, you say you're eating healthy, which I'm not, I'm not denying that, but you know, are you actually having, you know, the amount of protein that you need on a daily basis um, and getting most of that protein more importantly through meat? Are you eating enough good quality animal sources, you know, such as ruminant meats, especially beef, you know, those kind of foods, you know, beef, deer, elk, you know, those kind of things are examples of ruminant uh, bison. But just having like, you know, grass-fed beef most days, so you're getting all the essential nutrients you need and having a great balance of bioavailable proteins and fats. But more importantly, are you hitting that number I mentioned 
at least a, you didn't mention this in the question, but at least a gram of protein per pound of body weight every single day. If you're saying, yeah, you know, I eat high protein, but you're guessing and you haven't tracked it, there's so much value in just at least for a week, ladies and gents, right? Just to track how much protein you're having. You know, use my fitness pal app, for example, track the, just track the meat. You don't have to track it all your calories, just literally track all the meat you eat in, eggs and any protein shakes you might have or high protein foods. Just track those foods. And let's just say you haven't mentioned your weight, Sandra, but let's just say you weigh 120 pounds. Are you actually hitting a minimum of 120 grams of protein? In other words, a pound per gram of weight, uh, sorry, a gram of protein per pound of body weight every single day consistently. The likelihood is there's some days where not only are you under eating protein, you're probably grossly under eating. That's what I find with the average person. They, they, they might have high protein a few days a week and then they grossly under eat protein on the weekends. And that's not good enough. That's going to, you know, ultimately you replace those extra calories then with more fats and carbs, which means you're likely overeating calories on those days you under eat protein. And also your metabolism slows down because as I always say, your body's going to burn more calories by you having high protein every single day. So your overall calorie output is going to drastically drop over time, right? If you're, if you're under eating a few days a week. Um, and not to mention as well, I was going to say something else in relating to protein, but yeah, that's just not going to cut it. Right. So that's a big thing I would say there. Um, but yeah, in terms of the fat loss stuff as well, you know, what kind of training are you doing? I would say if you're lifting weights twice a week, what I would say is you're going to need to ramp up the volume. Again, it really depends on where your body's at, how much stress you've got coming and everything else. If you're already stressed out to the max, uh, you're not getting great sleep and you've got a lot of work stress and everything else. And you start adding more workouts. That's just going to added stress, just like fasting. So it really depends. But what I would say for anyone listening back, I'm telling you now, right? And I always talk about this, right? And I get most of my clients to implement this, depending on where at they're at, the, depending on where they're at in the program, um, is adding in some band sessions, right? So Sandra, right? Stick to your two workouts per week and add in, say, let's say Monday to Friday, let's say you do a workout on a Monday and Friday in the gym, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, get some rubber resistance bands. They're super inexpensive. Um, just type in resistance bands on um, the internet and the long bands with the handles on the ends, right? Start doing like a 10, you can, again, you can search my YouTube, type in Martin Silver bands on YouTube and you'll find some of my full body band sessions if you want to get some examples of workouts, but literally just pick three to five exercises get a quick pump on for 10 minutes, uh, do three to four rounds, 10 to 20 reps, light bands, right? So it's not an intense workout. You're just going to get a pump on and stop. You can do it in front of the TV. It's not an allocated workout. It's just a pump on. And what you're going to do is facilitate recovery in between workouts. But more importantly, your metabolism is going to really speed up. You're going to add to that overall volume in your week. Like I mentioned earlier, total volume throughout the week is key. You have to be adding volume to be uh, overloading your body enough to make gains. And you can do that by adding more weight or reps to each session. But you can also do that strategically by adding in a low intensity band sessions on the days in between. Commit to 10 minutes. So that's an extra 30 minutes a week. 10 minutes, three times per week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, for example. Bang, 10 minute pump up. Check out my YouTube, right? For these sessions. Uh, if you want ideas, do that and report back to me. What you'll do, your metabolism is going to speed up. Don't change anything with your steps. Increase protein, right? Make sure you diligently either track in protein to make sure you're hitting that and track it consistently, hitting the amount I said. Uh, add those band sessions in. 
make sure you're getting good sleep and you're not adding any extra stress with fasting and stuff like that, to be honest. I would say to just make sure you're hitting protein and don't overdo the fasting. You know, it might be okay, but don't overdo that. Add those band sessions in and report back to me. Drop me a message in a few weeks' time. And what you'll notice is you probably got a little bit leaner and you would have noticed your body responding to your muscles tightening up and getting a bit of a muscle building response. So that's a, a, a smart tool, I would say, to add in uh, to be able to achieve that. But just to summarize, the reasons why you're not going to be losing weight in this position is one, um, with your hormones changing as you get older, right? Um, you need to essentially fuel your body better. And I'd like to look at what's going on with nutrition because it could be a nutrient deficiency as well uh, on top of your body changing hormonally, which is causing uh, the weight loss to slow down. Uh, two, are you actually fueling your body enough with enough protein and the right types of foods and calories and enough calories in general to be able to build muscle and speed that metabolism up, right? Um, like what will happen with the bands and by you having more protein and uh, having you know maybe even more calories, but the right types. In other words, protein will speed up the metabolism and give you a boost and help you lose a bit of fat. Um, and then the other thing then is going to be, is there anything else which has changed? You know what I mean? Like, are you more stressed? Are your cortisol levels higher? You know, are you working more hours than what you were a few years ago? You know, are you, are you got more stress, work life, working more hours, maybe not, you know, uh, going to bed as early enough, staying on your, on your laptop later. Cause those things have a massive compound effect, especially on cortisol levels. And like I said, there's a big correlation between higher cortisol levels and fat gain around the midsection, especially with females. Um, another thing I would say, you said you had your bloods done. Um, I would make sure you get your bloods done properly. Um, you know, I'm trying to find a good company because when you get them done by the doctors and the GP, it's not going to be accurate because you're getting compared to the average person. Uh, they, they naturally compare these tests and they say, yeah, you know, your levels are good. You know, your, let's say your estrogen levels are good. Your blood sugar levels are good. Um, but they're only good compared to the average person. The average person is overweight and unhealthy, which is what you got to remember. So I would never want to be compared to a sick person. Um, ultimately. So I would find like a private company to get your bloods done properly um, and do that. I, I'm still trying to find a good company, to be honest. So I'll let you know if I do find one. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's what I would say there. There's going to be loads of factors which come into it. But everyone listening, just remember the key fundamentals when it comes to losing weight and is metabolic health. What's the most important thing for metabolic health? Number one is nutrition. What are you putting into your body? Food quality over everything. If you're eating single ingredient foods, like I always say, whole foods, um, you know, at least 85, 90% of the time, you can't go wrong. You're going to lose weight as a side effect and just get healthier. Second, most important thing for metabolic health is going to be strength training. You know, nothing's going to charge your metabolism up more by, you know, adding in a few band sessions, you know, on top of your strength training and just lifting weights properly and consistently. Uh, the other thing then is going to be movement. How much are you moving on a daily basis, right? Uh, then it's just going to come down to sleep and stress. They're always the the, the five most important things in general anyway. Um, so yeah. And the other big important thing then is always going to be with the, the pillars of health is obviously gonna, this is kind of going off track a bit. A little, It's not going off track is relationships. And this is why I want to delve deep, deeper because I'm really interested in this subject myself. Um, and I want to bring on some amazing guests, which is going to help everyone listening back with their relationships, but also just understanding that in fact, the most important thing for true health and overall health, overall health is going to be social connections and the relationships you have with others, right? And a recent study was done 
and they found that having stressful relationships consistently, like let's say you're in a, a toxic relationship or whatever, or you've got bad relationships with your family or whatever else, uh, or no relationships with family. And, you know, loneliness is a real thing, by the way. Uh, more and more people are reporting loneliness. And there's other factors which come into that. But basically having poor relationships, they found was the equivalence to having 15, smoking 15 cigarettes a day in terms of the the negative impact on health, longevity, you know, chronic stress. You know, in terms of longevity and people living longer and living a happier, healthier life, those people always have good relationships. You look at the people who live the longest, like people in the Mediterranean, um, even people in, a- in Asia as well, in China, they tend to value uh, community and family and they have great connections, well, not necessarily great connections, but they have social connections. And it's just like they ritualize things such as eating food together and bonding together. Um, but it doesn't have to be necessary family as well. You know, I've got a, going off on a bit of a tangent here, uh, but I had a conversation with my uh, girlfriend who I might actually get, we might actually be doing a podcast together at some point. Uh, I'm not 100% committing to that, but I think you'll get a lot of value from it because we're going to share some transparencies. And I think for everyone in the audience, you'll get a a, a ton of value from Janini as well because she's super fit and healthy and we're both very similar. Um, but we were just chatting the other day and a barrier my girlfriend has in her head is she worries about the whole, you know, because I don't value family. I'll be fully transparent. I don't value family as much as she does. I really value my family. Obviously, I love my mum. My mum is my wall and my sister, but ultimately that's my whole family. Um, yeah, I've got uncles and cousins and everything else. Didn't really have a strong relationship with my dad. My dad wasn't around, although I am essentially, my dad's more like a friend to me now. I don't really speak to him, to be honest. But when I go back home to the UK, I'll make an effort to see him. And, you know, we're like friends who just don't speak to each other basically very often. <laughs> um, and with Janini, obviously being Brazilian, you know, she's very close-knitted with her family and, you know, how it goes in Brazil, like they do everything together. They've got really close network. They eat together. They live together. You know how it goes. And I just I just didn't live like that. I didn't grow up like that. You know, I lived the other side of the wall to my family, right? Um, although I love my mom to bitch. She's coming out here to start of next year and everything else. And when I go home, I spend quality time with her. Where the hell am I going with this, ladies and gents? I'm going off on a massive tangent here. But we had a discussion anyway, long story short, on... Uh, on relationships, right? And how important it is to um, to have that, right? And that's why I think with the relationship stuff, I'm so fascinated is because we value, Janini and I both, our top value is obviously health and taking care of ourselves. And we live a very similar life. Well, our lifestyle is pretty much the same, which for me is like one in a million to find a woman like that, literally. Um, but also, you know, we don't value the, the same things there, right? When it comes to family. And that was a little bit of a concern for Janini's because my upbringing, which I talked about with Sean, so I won't go too much into that. I just, um, I covered it. Uh, I covered it briefly when I had a conversation with Sean, which is going to be live in a few weeks. But long story short, my upbringing was chaos. Uh, I grew up around just like domestic violence, all those kind of things. Uh, didn't have a dad around. You know what I'm saying? So Janini gets a bit worried, and, and rightly so, <laughs> in terms of you know long term, you know us getting married and stuff like that, and because of my upbringing and stuff, but you know, we're working on that stuff. And anyway, I just wanted to just draw, I went off on a mad tangent there at the end, but I wanted to share some of that. And I like to keep it real with everyone as well. And, you know, share stuff, which I think is relevant, but really connect with you on a deep level. Cause let's be honest, you know, from listening to this podcast, you feel like we're having a conversation, right? And it's crazy how, when I speak to people, 
who, you know, they inquire about my program. For example, we jump on a call. They're a bit, they've been a listener of the podcast for years and we talk and it's like, they, they're like, I, I already know you. It's crazy. I don't, I feel like you're a friend because I've listened to you for so long. So I want to treat you like uh, someone I know and, and share some of my, uh, my deep kind of struggles and also how I've overcome those things. And I guess what's uh, helped me transform and, and be where I'm at now and really level up every area of my life. Cause right now I'm thriving, you know, I'm coming to 36 next year and I really am in the shape of my life, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, although I've got work to do spiritually and, uh, and also financially and not to mention, you know, at the time of this podcast, you know, I, I've met the woman of my dreams literally as well. So I feel like when you get to a point in your life and you go through struggle, uh, you learn from previous relationships, you learn from your setbacks with, you know, my binge eating I used to have with food and the dysmorphia I used to have with bodybuilding and all the hundreds of people I've coached and helped them solve problems when it comes to the same stuff I struggle with. When you overcome these things, it makes you better uh, and it enables you to essentially be bring more value to the world. Uh, and help others around you. So that was deep, but just to wrap this up, ladies and gents, um, I just wanted to say as well, I have literally just launched my six-week program again. Now, you know, to be honest, as everyone knows, short-term results for me are absolute bullshit, um, but I launched this six-week program and it is essentially to help you build structure and routine and really, you know, get your body to respond. So I launched this a few months ago and it went absolutely crazy, of course. And the spaces filled up straight away. And I had like so many people that were not were pissed off, not pissed off directly at me, but pissed off they missed out on the opportunity. So I've just launched it again now. So, you know, don't miss this opportunity again, my friends. I know a few of you missed out because you messaged me. And long story short, I'm going to be looking for another few people. Uh, well, at the time of this podcast, it's another five people who want to work closely with me over a six-week period. And what you're going to achieve is you're going to drop three to five kgs of fat. That's not total weight on the scales. That is body fat, okay? Which is, you know, in, in, in pounds, it's, you know, about eight to 12 pounds within six weeks. You're going to build a significant amount of lean muscle and get drastic strength gains, get stronger than you've ever been physically. And also really build structure and routine. And that's the important thing. As you know, I don't believe in bullshit uh, when it comes to, you know, fads, but I'm going to teach you how to get sustainable results. Uh, full transparency, though, you're not going to want to leave the program after six weeks. Everyone wants to stay on afterwards. And, um, you know, everyone, most people do stay on afterwards. So I'm going to pre-warn you, you're not going to want to leave. Um, but yeah, so, you know, basically what I want you to do uh, as soon as you listen to this podcast, if you're interested in this six-week program and really reinventing yourself within the next six weeks, I'd love to have you in. Obviously, I can't help everyone, so we'd have to have a chat on a Zoom call to make sure I can definitely help you and make sure we're a good fit. Um, so what you can do is, best way to do this is just drop me a DM on Instagram, at Fitness, or plan B would be just to look in the show notes and essentially just click the link, the coaching inquiry form link, and fill out that form, um, and then I'll get a notification and, and get back to you. But the best way to do it is just drop me a DM on Instagram. It's just faster that way. You know, when you fill out the form and everything else, and we go back and forth, it just takes longer, and I don't really want you to miss the opportunity. So, yeah, I'm going to finish it there, ladies and gents. Um, please, you know, if you like this podcast, like I say, share it on your Instagram story. Tag me, at Martin Silver Fitness, so I see it. Uh, and, and give this episode a share as well. 
do that as well as an action step. If you think there's one person that comes to mind that'll benefit from this episode, just bang, just share, just share them the link straight after this. It'll take you 10 seconds uh, and it could be a game changer for that person, you know? All right, ladies and gents, over and out. Thanks for listening.